What's up, everybody? Back with another episode, episode 13 tonight. Lucky number 13. Got, I just realized something. It's episode 13, and the Super Bowl is this Sunday. And guess whose lucky number is 13? Me. Um, the quarterback of the 49ers. <laughs> Taylor <Brock>. Swift. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I am nowhere. Is it Purdy 13? Yeah, I, was say, I thought Purdy was 13, man. He is. That's the um. That's like the best part about everything is that I think I've seen like Instagram reels uh, and meme videos of like Taylor Swift talking about the number thirteen, and then she's like thirteen. And then just it cuts good... to him, and yeah. then it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, sorry. Maybe I should just restart that beginning. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, let All me. Right. Re- can I restart that real quick? You I just like roll it. Let's roll it. Let's it's your, roll it's it. your podcast. I'm just here. <laughs> oh. All right, well, we'll just roll with it then. Hey, uh, yeah, welcome to the episode 13, guys. We are going to talk about a lot of different things going on right before the Pro Tour starts in about two weeks. We've got All-Star Weekend coming up next weekend. Who's excited for All-Star Weekend? My favorite weekend in disc golf. It's the most exciting the by far. <laughs> the worst. So we'll, 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 get a chance, we'll get a chance to talk about that at the end. But... Um, What's going on? Where is everybody? What's going on in the world of disc golf? Matt, where are we? Not much. Signing up for a couple tournaments in the next couple weeks. Having fun. It's warm enough to actually play out. Working on some distance drivers. So I'm actually very happy with my game right now. What do we have? What are we working with right now? What do we like? Uh, wraiths and eras. Uh, I-, I think I've figured those out. So I feel like wraiths skip a little more. Era feels really just like a fairway to me. So I think fairway era for my distance shots or like my like in between shots and then if i really need to go all out a wraith really flat or on a touch of annie is really it's just moving for me so i'm um, it's a w uh, how much farther does the wraith go than the era not that much not that like i, saying, I think i, I like, could yeah. i say i feel like the era is such a good example okay. of a disc that like goes as far as a distance driver but with a lot more control like that thing just has so much glide yeah and that's what i'm saying i i think that I could probably get similar distances. I'm just going to get maybe a little more skip or uh, a little more of other stuff going on with the rates. Um, but I think okay. I think they're both going to be there um, just for those facts after I've figured it out a little bit. Sick. Taylor, what about you, man? I just want to say something about Taylor. I'm going to say something about Taylor. Taylor's been putting out a lot of content lately. Shorts every day. Shorts every day. Except for Saturday and Sunday because... <laughs> I don't want to. Um, I played Sunday, and my guy, WB Cam, in the chat, we played together, and I witnessed his first ace, and probably I'm 99% sure the first ace on that hole because the course is pretty new. But super sick awesome. little zone forehand. Got a little little nick off a tree and just smacked the chains and would have been in a swamp if it didn't, so it was pretty sick. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like, so shout can out, I, can shout I, out Eric. Can I admit something real quick? I've been playing for three years. Still don't have an ace. That's tough, dude. <laughs> if you want to talk about aces, I got my first one in 2012. I was playing for maybe three years. And then it took me 10 more years to get oh my second Oh my gosh, one. don't tell Say, me. I dude. got my first dude. ace in 2022, I think. I think it's two years ago now. And I started playing in 2008. So, oh my gosh, tough one. The thing is, you you see all these guys are like 
um like the pros will be like oh like when they get an ace they'll be like oh man i finally got my first ace ace of the year it's like january yeah. 3rd <laughs> of the year like what do you mean first one of the year like i think robert burridge posted something about like his 50 something ace in his life and i'm like how are you still counting <laughs> how do you keep up with these joseph from uh, another round is counting bro has how many so does he have many. Like so many 200 plus yeah yeah you know he plays on mickey mouse courses okay i was gonna like, say I, I attribute a lot of that matter. like the beginning of me not getting aces to like playing in rural tennessee to like playing down here is very very different like the, uh, this is also not the case for eric's ace at all because that's the wooded course here but two courses here are like i mean a majority of the holes are 100 percent able to be aced and like out of those 20 percent are relatively easy aces versus like coming up there was like one hole maybe within 40 minutes of me that was like potentially aceable right yeah the two closest courses to my house is iron hill and another course called brantwood and that is like each par three averages like 380 <coughs> it's stupid so, so why haven't you aced because i'm not good just, i'm bad let's <laughs> get better i'm gonna that's keep i'm gonna keep it to. real just gotta get better i will admit <laughs> there's one hole that's 30 minutes from my house or course that's 30 minutes from my house hole four broken chains i've hit the cage twice and i've actually went into the basket and bounced out in a tournament so yeah i mean i'm there's one hole at that course that's like 200 downhill and i'm thinking about just going instagram live and just bringing a bunch of just putters it. And i'm just yeah. gonna i'm just gonna send it like i'm gonna get there on like a friday morning at like the crack of dawn and just keep throwing and Bro, I, have a, I have a lot of motivation to um i've had this conversation since a few more people have picked up an ursa nexus um i really would like to be the first person to ace with that disc or that just seems depressing um so i might need to just go i'm gonna buy one and <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> like, now I, that you <laughs> Now that you I told have two us, of them, and I really want to go and just like <laughs> knock that out real quick, so I can be the first yeah. one. That'll be my goal. The the ace with your actually, you know what? That'll be my goal for all of you. Every time all of or every disc you guys put out, I'm gonna try to ace with it before you guys. That's so ratchet. Feel feel good moment of the year. Yeah, Corey, good what luck. part of the United States are you? Because we know you're not home, and what's going on? I don't know how to do this. Usually I can go like, oh, um, I live here. But like, oh, you could Tennessee is pretty decent. It's Tennessee. Yeah, it's pretty, it's Tennessee. Yeah. I don't know. What side of Tennessee am I? I'm near Nashville. Again. In the middle. Um, yeah, same place <laughs> that I was. And literally, this, this is the same hotel as last time <laughs> that I was here. Uh, yesterday, it was 60 degrees. I oh played my gosh. an 18 hole course. I saw I you wear a short. A nine hole course. And, shorts. You posted a video with you wearing shorts, I oh, thought. Oh, that was no. I so I'm also trying to hashtag recycle short every day, but yeah, I'm recycling. Whoops, I just so, outed I just outed you. Sorry. Not really. I mean, I think, if you were if if you were an actual fan and watched my content, <laughs> then you would recognize all of those shots already. I will say <laughs> I just liked I liked one of your OG ones today. If you're doing a short a day and you don't stockpile clips you're one either insane or two you're bedanza and that's yeah. your job <laughs> no yeah or or three there was three weeks of blizzard snow that you yeah. couldn't go out and film yeah, so yeah so now i've got a lot of shorts coming because 
so many things happened at these two courses. That's awesome. Like, I'm excited. It's insane. Animal encounters. <laughs> so, oh man, zombie encounters. <laughs> Speaking of, I made a joke in not the 18 hole course, but um, okay. So I played two courses in Dixon, Tennessee. The first one is uh, Hensley. It's on a golf course, or it used to be a golf course. Big 18, super fun. And then I had enough time to play the front nine at Buckner, which this time of year looks so creepy because it's just dead trees. And then you'll see in the video, but I ran into like an apocalypse like that's that's all I can say is it's I'm so excited. Zone. It's so weird. <laughs> but um anyway, I made a joke that I was like harnessing Joseph from another round's powers and then I messaged him and I was like, "Can you just make a short little video of like you just have an indigestion or something like that?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yes, of course. Give me a Absolutely. second." So then he like <laughs> yeah, cuz I was like I was like I'm I want the I want to harness the powers and then I told him I was like, "Just yeah, just make a video where you're like and like keep walking and he's like i will do that right now so that's that'll awesome. be in the video that's um, awesome i'm trying that's one way i'm gonna try and like branch out is like reaching other content creators and just asking them for like just a random thing that if you watch my videos you wouldn't really think was in the video yeah. but it's cool to have like a weird cameo my goal is and to then, now yeah. be a big enough content creator where completely Corey asked me to take a video of me farting real quick and send it over oh no buddy you're getting way, way <laughs> we already have an idea going that's true i forgot about that it's yeah i i think about that every day <laughs> i just say you guys working on that or not not yet because it's still cold in michigan mm. like i want it to at least be like springtime so that we can like kind of like work together on it mm. separately but uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really it's fun. Gonna be a good one. Yeah, that's cool. So, what about uh, you, Tyler? Um, I played a lot of disc golf. It feels like since it's gotten warmer. I played Friday afternoon, I think, and then I played Saturday with my brother who was in town because um, he lives down near um, uh, Blacksburg, Virginia area. Um, so he was up here and we played together. And I played pretty well. And it was a windy day, but. Um, I tried filming some videos yesterday with the new reach from birdie and the cloud breaker, the last one. And literally the only good throw I had was with that reach in that video. And that was like, it didn't even feel that good, but it looked good. Um, but I was so bad with both of this. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. And then I was on the way to pick up my daughter from daycare and I was like, I wonder if I think I'm not like pulling my elbow through. And then I like stopped and pulled over to, like to this park and just threw it one time with like focusing on pulling my elbow and I launched it perfect. And I'm like, dude, I spent all day filming and it literally was just like one little form thing. So anyways, uh, my form has gone to hell and back. It feels like all of a sudden, <laughs> like literally, cause I tried throwing a little bit today and it didn't feel good either. So I think I'm just a little tired, which is really sad to say, but um yeah yeah i tried to i tried to do something fun with a little battle between the reach and the cloud breaker over two holes that are like bomber holes so we'll see if i can get that video out and whatnot but um i'm just trying to get ready for some tournaments coming up i got a lot of um 
February 24th, I got a tournament and then I got two in March and I got another one in April. Um, so I'm just trying to get ready for some tournaments. So I love to compete. So kind of excited about that. But um, we have an exciting announcement to let you guys know. It has nothing to do with you guys, but it has everything to do with us. We are traveling to Charlotte to play disc golf for the weekend together. Down in May, May, May 3rd to the 5th. So May 3rd, a couple of us are going to hit New London on the way down south. Womp, rip Taylor. We wish Taylor could be there yeah, with yeah. us. to be with us in spirit, though. Um, we might FaceTime just have a cardboard cutout and just carry. Yeah, yeah, FaceTime. I think that's better. We'll put you on the tripod with the FaceTime. We'll just carry you around. <laughs> Um, and then we'll be playing down in Charlotte. So if you're in Charlotte and you, and you see us, holler at your boy. All two of you that are watching us right now. Um, Free signatures. I don't charge for those. So. That's right. That's I right. <laughs> Matt does. You can come. He- you you can come heckle us. So yeah, we um we're gonna be down there in Charlotte in the beginning of May. It's gonna be a ton of fun. So we're super excited. So yep. Um. All right. Let's get right into it, guys. So a couple of dis- disc golf news things to bring up. The biggest news, in my opinion, that caused the biggest fuss within the first 24 hours was DGPT's breakup with UDISC. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the statement that they made. It says the Disc Golf Pro Tour will transition to a new technology service provider for recording and displaying all live scores and competition stats for the soon-to-start 2024 season. The DGPT will host all live scores and stats on DGPT.com thanks to a live data feed from a new and improved PDGA live scoring platform provided by the Professional Disc Golf Association. The uh, DGPT will work hand-in-hand with the Disc Golf PDGA technology team which now includes team i hate all of this i know hold on uh which includes stat mando the popular disc golf statistic platform with the recently acquired by the pdga to develop new features stats analytics from integration into the disc golf pro tour scores and stats and disc golf network live broadcast that's a mouthful i'm surprised you didn't say (laughs) s-t-a-t-m-a-n-d-o Because everything else was just letters. Oh my gosh, acronyms. dude! There's so many like acronyms and everything, and oh my gosh. So essentially, if you don't know, which I hope you have heard by now, if you're watching this, UDisc and Disc Golf Pro Tour are no longer use. Or I'm sorry, I should say it like this: the Pro Tour is no longer using UDisc for its live stats, and they've been together for I think eight years or so, and <clears throat> so. Immediate thoughts on this. Just curious. And I can add more context as we go. But immediate thoughts. Matt, you upset? Uh, as a Matt's statistics so guy, I'm so mad, dude. No, I just feel like Statmando does a lot of stuff after the fact. And so now it's going to be their job to do that stuff before, like in, in the middle of these events happening. And they might do fine at it. They might not. I wonder how much they're getting, mo- like what monetarily happened that made them make this, this movement there because pretty much all of you just has done in the last like uh, since it's been around is just improvements on its features for scorecards and stuff like that and now it's branching out a lot more um so i wonder why that made them mad or or not that that would make them mad but why 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 the change now well let's 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 break down this why did the disc golf pro tour drop UDisc? taylor what do you think 
Um, I mean, in my mind, it comes down to the Pro Tour. It doesn't make sense for the Pro Tour's live scoring to be on another application, another URL, a different domain name. Like, it all needs to be in-house. I think that that's probably the primary pain point. And I, it's kind of confusing to me. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in, like, that conversation on the UDISC side where, like, that's a big part of your brand identity, I feel like, is, is Udisc Live and not being willing to, whether it wasn't enough money for them to put it under the Pro Tours website or something they were upset with. I That's the part that really confuses me. I, I think it's hilarious that everybody's so mad and like, it's, it's funny how much things stay the same in disc golf. Like, this is just like when yep. Steve Dodge went on Smashbox and told Terry and Johnny that they weren't going to do live coverage anymore. This is just like when people are so upset that the Pro Tour is acquiring Jomez because we love, you know, Jonathan and Follow Flight Mike. People like Matt and Josh, people like Udisc, they're not being absorbed. Like, we've seen this story and people get upset. Play Like, we've seen it play out like six times now and nobody remembers in like three months. So that part's funny to me. I th- the frustrating part to me is that it very much seems like the product they're replacing Udisc Live with is not ready or will not be as good of a product initially, which is annoying. I feel like making that move without having something prepared to back it up is not great, but that's also like we've seen the Pro Tour do stuff like this time and time again. So I don't think anybody should be surprised. Yeah. Corey, first thoughts and opinions. My first thought when I heard this was, what? Oh my gosh. And then I got over it because I don't care. Like there's yeah. <laughs> like I, okay. So story time, I was at a disc golf course yesterday and someone came up to me and was like, Hey, do you know where hole one is? And I said, yeah, it's really weird. I had to open up UDIS just to find it. It's all the way over there. And he said, Oh, I, I don't, I don't have UDISC anymore because I have to buy it and I didn't buy it yet. And I said, actually you don't, you just delete the 10 scorecards. And he said, what? No way. I didn't know that. So if he didn't even know that, I'm pretty sure he didn't even know there was a live UDISC. So the majority of the people do not care. I think we're in like this weird little bubble where we think that everyone like is so invested like us and it's not, it's not the yeah, case. For sure. So yeah, there's, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care guys. I think the biggest thing for me is that they didn't give like a beta run of whatever they're going to do. So just imagine if, if there's an issue with putting in scores, I don't think there would be with putting in scores if they're using, um, PDGA live because that's what everyone normally uses, but for displaying and trying to find out information uh, to the public, I wonder if that's going to be an issue, but here's, here's another thought, right? When I go play in a disc golf tournament and my buddies want to like support me, quote unquote, from a distance and like, you know, shoot me a text about how I'm doing. I just send them the link to whatever I'm using for PDGA live so they can watch me hole by hole. They just can't see any stats. So I honestly don't think there's going to be any issues with trying to follow how everyone's doing live score-wise if I'm not watching live. So I don't think yeah. this is I don't think this is much as a big deal as what some people are making it, but immediate comments and immediate gut um, gut reaction was like on Twitter was everyone's like, oh my gosh, the PDGA or um yeah pdga like really screwed up here well first off it wasn't the pda pdga's decision 
it was pro disc golf tourist decision. Um, but then they were starting to comment about them and saying like, we've had this good product for so long. Why would you change? You know, um, I honestly think that you disc wasn't there. I don't think their desire is to support the pro tour with their, with their scoring. I just think it was like, uh, the only tool out there that was decent. And so they decided to merge. UDIS maybe got some screen time uh, with their product to get out there so people would use it more. But like, I think what they really care about is like regular day, everyday disc golfers and providing a good yeah. product for them. So I think both parties are going to be happy in the end. I mean, did the Disc Golf Pro Tour go to UDIS and say, can we buy you out? We'll never know unless somebody comes out and says so. But I don't think either party really cared. It was just like the Pro Tour probably was like, hey, guys, we have a new product now that we're going to do. Thanks so much. But we'll see you next time. And UDIS was probably like, cool, now we can get back to making a really good product for everyday users. So so when you say there wasn't a beta run, like, so, so I'm saying, do you for sure know that? Or is it just not like? I, I would say if there was a beta run of whatever product they're going to, so this is what I'm envisioning that there's an app or something that they're going to have that we can all follow um, scoring like somewhere, or at least if they have like a PDGA app or whatever, they're going to put a, sta a standings in there or, or um, a live scoreboard in there eventually. So I don't think, sorry about that. I don't think that, the, if they ran a beta during the season last year using that and we don't know about it, I think they would have hit it really well. But because I, I feel like there's no secrets in disc golf. So that's why I think they well, didn't run a beta. What do you mean by beta? Like that we didn't get a chance to use it? Like as no, no, normal no. people? No, no. Like using whatever they're going to use to project to the public full scoreboard standings to the public of tournaments. You know well, what I'm as saying? A beta, they don't really need to show us yet. Like, I know, but I'm saying like, I'm saying I, I know they don't have to. Sh Wait, what are you, what are you saying exactly? Like, I can understand a beta for like something like UDisc would be like the public gets to use it, and then give their feedback. As PDGA Live and making this new, they don't really need to because all we're gonna do is open it and be able to view the new features those can be done right like, behind closed doors i'm thinking like an so app they could i'm thinking like an using an app that's what i'm thinking about well don't you use the pdga app for like live when you're for when like i score said, yeah 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 so all we know is they could have a duplicate of that and just completely change it and then the beginning of the season hey go on the pdga app and then yeah. It looks completely different. It, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm looking at the word beta as something different than like us being able to get our hands and be like, oh, this is sick. Like we, like we got to test it. That's not really the case with something that is just like a presentation kind of thing. Yeah. I guess I'm also thinking about stats and any other extra added features. Well, those are mandatory now. What do you mean? Stats. <laughs> I am curious. Um, like, 
I listened to Dave Yerkes did an interview on the Upshot, and they talked about the Statmando acquisition. Like, I almost wonder now if they went to Udisk first for like what they. A big part of what he talked about is like they were super excited yeah. to use more of the analytic side, not only to drive you know live scoring, which is a small piece of why they acquired them, but to do a lot more like deep dive analytics into like where to market more, where to put in new courses, where to target you know city councils and underserved areas that don't have access to disc golf. So I feel like that's a lot of also what UDisc likes to do. So that was weird to me that like you you hear that and then also like, oh, we're not gonna use UDisc anymore. We bought out Statman. Oh, so it, it almost makes me wonder like if they went to UDisc first and either you did it wasn't as profitable for UDisc or you know, they're doing fine enough with their thirty dollar subscription to even use the app like uh Corey's friend yeah. on the course figured. So you know. Yeah, I think that's also the funny part is that I have heard some people being confused about like, oh, I don't use that app anymore because they charged me, they're charging me $30. It's like, well, you can still use it. You just have to, you're only limited to how many rounds you can keep on the score. Yeah. So, um, so my main question, I mean, we've talked about this a lot so far, but like my main question is, is this moving the needle forward or is this a mistake by both parties? Does one party benefit more than the other? Just kind of curious on your thoughts on that. I think it's pretty neutral. I agree. Pretty neutral. I think if anything, yeah, the Pro Tour probably really... saves some money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I'm, and I, it, I don't even think you just cares about the live yeah i mean even if the live scoring platform sucks for like the first two events they'll get memed on for like two weeks and then they'll fix it and then people will forget in two months yeah i'm excited to see or or what's going to happen is someone's going to say one thing and the pdga is going to completely change the live scoring <laughs> it's also true and then we're bringing them back everyone is going to crap talk and then they're going to have to yeah revert yeah yeah i, just, I think I'm disc golf's sorry just real quick i, I just want to say that disc golf's really good at like people that run companies become personalities and this doesn't happen in any other industry ever where like people know matt and josh and you disc so they get more mad when like normal business decisions happen where in like any other industry this would be like oh we're changing vendors cool on to the next one see you later <laughs> right yeah right I'm really excited to see if that man. I think we should interrupt. Tyler. You know what, Corey? I knew it was coming. <laughs> I saw your face. I'm like, I know you're going to interrupt me. This is uh, it's just like karma all coming back. Cause I've interrupted so many times since we've been doing the show. So, um, online things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see what stat Mando is going to bring to the different statistics part to, um, the PDGA live. Definitely. I hope, we're able to like see statistics um, in a in a in a more trans. I want to say this is gonna sound weird, but transparent way. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of C1X. I'm wondering if there's gonna be changing of some statistics. Um, I really hope they do. I wonder if they're gonna be putting more people out on the on holes to kind of give more statistics and scoring features um, as the season goes on because I love to know. Like bounce back rate, which, yeah. you know, I'm a nerd when it comes to stats. So I love all the very specific stats. So bounce backs, um, like is a big one for me. Like if somebody were to bogey, you know, how do they score the next hole? Like keeping those kind of statistics. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that Mando does some work for the PDGA in that sense, where they can have stuff, um, as they play their round. Um, 
I hope it's like aesthetically pleasing to look at because I know Statmando's website isn't the most aesthetically pleasing thing to look at, but the stats are incredible and really appreciative to all that he does. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a good product, but um, I don't think this is a, is a very big deal in the sense of like it's going to be an issue either way. I just think that the world of disc golf, what I'm learning is everyone's a traditionalist who's been around forever. But actually, it's really ironic that I say that because you guys have been around for a long time at disc golf for like the last decade. And yet it seems like both of you guys are like, eh, moving on, you know, with the products that they create. So, oh, I have no feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I just, well, I mean, that's I, you, I all, like that's a, you all the time, Corey. That's true. I just, I feel like it's mainly that things get so personalized with like companies, which is so weird and individual. Like it's the yeah. grassroots part of disc golf or whatever, but I think people yeah. need to step back and like realize it's still a business. So, I mean, you have yeah. to make the best yeah. choices for the business at the end of the day. It seemed like buying, I think his name is Evan from Statmando was a lot cheaper than buying U-Disc as a whole. So. I mean, how many, how many subscribers does Statmando have that's paying $30 each? Yeah. Facts. Yeah. He does. It's all free. Yeah. For free. Cool. Matt, anything you want to add? I just want to say that you just turned me down for my for a summer internship last year. So, wow, down so Matt's got disc. bad blood. I'm, I'm on Stat Vandal's side now. <laughs> broken heart. <laughs> um, one thing I, I do want to say is that um, one of the biggest things that we looked at through UDisc is the world rankings. And since we started this show, we've used Stat Mando for all of our rankings and all that kind of stuff so uh we've been doing things the right way from the very beginning and not been using udisc so their world rankings um, are surprisingly bad <laughs> so yeah you know i'm, I'm kind of surprised though that udisc has their new rating system but now it's not even like there's not even a chance for it to get like into full effect what do you mean what do you, by that? Like, what do you mean by that like they have the rated rounds where it's like what zero to three hundred? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I whatever. get. I get you there. What do you mean by it doesn't have a chance to come to effect? Because everyone, like when it first came out, people were thinking that that was going to be like kind of a new way of ranking everyone. Like instead of having like eleven hundred or whatever be the highest like rankings, you you'd have like amateurs from one to maybe 300 and then 300 plus would be like pros yeah I, or at least that's what i've been hearing and it's not really going to take effect the way that some people thought it would yeah no i, I read udisc's full article on this when they brought it out and i think some people were thinking that way but the whole reason they aimed for that 300 mark was they were hoping people didn't aim that way um so i think like people were like that's going to replace it but even udisc themselves were like we really don't think it should, or it's going to be that accurate. Um, okay. But they also said a bunch of stuff about like the model they're using for this and like some like AI stuff and pretty much every company just likes to throw out the word AI when they're making new technology. So I don't know what, like I tried to dig into more details about like what networks they were using and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing there. Yeah. Can we all just agree? I wonder to see it. 
would be so much better if I could just like add friends and like watch their rounds on Udisc. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you can look at how your friends did on the exact same course you played. You know that, right? Yeah, it's got like the leaderboards and stuff, but I'm talking. Yeah, I, want, I want like yeah. a full Facebook messenger in there, man. Yeah, <laughs> they need to make it more sociable, like mm. so you can message people and, and. If you yeah, if if you could DM your buddy and be like, you post your rounds on your wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what we tend to do is like, if we know a group of guys are going out, we say, "Hey, share your card to the Discord channel," and that's what we normally do. But yeah, yeah I know. I wish there was a way to do that. So, okay, cool. Um, next thing on the agenda to bring up is Jeremy Resco bought Emporia. I want to make sure I get this right. Community Club. Okay, it's not Country Club. It's Community Club. Um, and it sounds like he's trying to make it into a full facility, not just for disc golf, but for other sports. And I heard he's going to rename it something landing. Champions. Champions Landing. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing here is that Rus um, in a, an article where he had some audio where he was answering some questions, it says, Rusko says disc golf and ball golf will be a part of the picture. And although the amount of traffic at Emporia Golf Course may mean some new changes at the country uh, community club, more pickable activities, including the possibility of indoor events, are being considered. Rusko is also in discussions with half halfway to everywhere incorporated founder hank ostrout about upcoming uh activities rusco also says a name change is coming on the way which i just stated um so it seems like he plans on making this area disc golf oriented but also it's going to be like hey there's pickleball there's some other things involved so my big question about this is does it sound like something where you would want to go spend a guy's weekend or are there other places more enticing than going to the middle of Kansas to go play disc golf, but you get to enjoy other amenities as, as well while you're there thoughts. I think that one, I'm really curious to see if they'll still kick out Paige Pierce for trying to practice a DDO. Now that Jeremy Rusko owns it. Um, you imagine <laughs> if they did a lifetime ban? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I think it's like a last-ditch effort for DD because, like, DDO mm. and the thoughts around the tournament have just tanked the past couple of years. Because, I mean, like, if you were a fan of disc golf in, like, 2018-ish, like, in that era, like, disc golf answer man was huge. DD media was huge. Emporia was like the place to go like that. I remember having conversations with my friends. Like if you want to do a disc golf guys weekend, you're going to go to Emporia because you see the courses all the time. You know, you pay attention to the players there. I feel like that this is a good attempt to bring that back, but the downside is it's in Emporia, Kansas. So like yeah. for us, I would much rather go to Charlotte because there's sick courses and I'm not in the middle of nowhere. Right. So, right. Unfortunately, I don't think him buying the community club will make it not in Emporia, Kansas. And unless it's like extraordinarily sick, it's not going to be what it once was, very unfortunately. Yeah, the only thing you've got going for it is I'm looking at it on UDisc now, and you've got like 10 courses. I mean, the dang middle school in Emporia, Kansas has an 18-hole course right. that isn't even rated that badly. Like, So 
the only scenario, Taylor's right here, the only scenario where it's really going hard is if the community club is really well put together and you know that you have the option of five 4.4 and higher rated courses immediately around that, that area there. So I think I think they would have to do some really impressive work with the community club to make that happen, though. Corey, any thoughts? I'd go. I mean, I'd still go, but it's not going to be my like, yeah, top yeah, choice I'd to go. go. <laughs> um, I but I think um, I can list off about maybe four or five other places I go to before I go to Emporia, Kansas. Maple Hill. I mean, yeah. you could say Maple Hill, and there's a bunch of courses around there, pyramids and stuff like that. Texas. You could go up to um, Stowe, Vermont, and play um, the two courses up there. Mm-hmm. which I just stayed at during the summertime, and it's a phenomenal place to stay at. One side of the mountain is disc golf. Other side of the mountain is, like, restaurants and foods and small town. That's awesome. You, know, you can go to Charlotte. Sounds like I come up to, like, you know, Michigan. Michigan. I was going to say that next. Michigan or Minnesota. You guys can stay with me. Sick, dude. I feel like, uh, so, like wherever Harmony Florida. is close to whatever – what is the Eagles Crossing? I always forget the name of that course. Those St. two are close together, and Harmony Bends is like oh, before Eagles Crossing was like the Eagles yeah. Crossing of just like super sick public course. You know, isn't it like forty bucks to play at Eagles Crossing? I have no idea. Ooh, I don't know. But like, here's the sad part: is that like last year's turnout for DDO was horrendous. So, mm. like, there's a lot of theories about like, oh, it's because they didn't hold the amateur event there. So there wasn't a bunch of people who wanted to stick around and watch the tournament. But honestly, I just like the community might be great there for disc golf. And that's what they love. But like, I don't know, man, it's a, it's the middle of Kansas. No offense. Like I personally don't want to spend my vacation time and, or my, my time away from my family to go in the middle of Kansas. Like I want to go somewhere where there's some other activities to do, maybe at nighttime or something like that. And unfortunately, go ahead, Corey. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do it. I love it. We need it. Everyone talks crap about these congested golf course, disc golf courses. It's true. And then this place is like just pushed out in the middle of nowhere, secluded. It sounds like it's going to be like at least twice as good as it was now that the disc golf person wow. owns the entire course and we're talking crap about it i think the main so problem it, is like it's not it's not that ddo and the course has gotten worse it's that the rest of the pro tour has gotten better so there's like there's just more enticing options elsewhere well that's why they turned the wind up to like <laughs> i feel like that's gonna make me not want to go play there i'll be honest <laughs> I mean, my question would be, like, what would they need to have for you to go there? And so for me, it's like, I want, like... A swimming pool. Dude, like, some sort of indoor wa- water park would be be sick. Like, if they could have, like, some mini thing where there where you could go do that. Like, maybe there needs to be, like, like a, a nice, like, e- eating place, like a bar or, like, a bar hole restaurant in, the in there, would, there. Be, would be sick. Yeah. Like, if the clubhouse was more of, like, a disc golf clubhouse, but also, like, like a hangout same, area. Like, golf course vibes of, yeah. like... Shuffleboard. Restaurant bar kind of thing. Shuffleboard. Yeah. Scott, Scott said if they had an airport there, uh, yeah. we would be feeling a lot yeah, better. I heard, get there, yeah. 
Yeah, Scott said three hours to the nearest airport. That's really rough. Yeah, it's tough. Are there courses in between the airport and there? I'm sure there are. Surely. Yes. Surely. That that might be like the thing to do is like hit courses on the yeah. way there, play, and then hit courses on the way back. There just needs to be your airplane door blown off. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Like, if they make it like Bless a cool hangout spot. Yeah, bless Matt in the chat, please. Put a B, put a B in the chat for Matt. Um, if they just made it a spot where everyone can come together and like hang out and just do disc golf stuff, like maybe. But I mean, I can go to Charlotte with you guys, hang out, play a bunch of like courses, and then we can go have a beer at like another round, and hang out around that area and get some really good barbecue, you know, Carolina barbecue. So. Yep. I think it also doesn't help at all that DD does not have nearly the same like public perception that it did, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. Like I was, I was very surprised. Well, I guess I shouldn't say surprised cause I have seen that trend, but like, especially the recent like ulti world fandom survey, like it, things are not looking hot for trilogy as a whole, but DD too. It's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother conversation to have, but I would love to know what everyone thinks about that. But, I think that's a whole nother. I think they put way too many eggs in um, Ricky's basket, and that's about it. I'm not. Yeah, I I can't talk about that because I'm not a big Ricky fan. So it'll just well, be Ricky it. Ricky's Ricky's fine, but you can't invest only in one person. I don't think he's very marketable. I mean, he. I, I don't know. I think they do a bad job marketing ricky too like they're finally i don't know if you guys saw um i saw some pictures of a new ricky driver and a new maddie o driver but like previously like they're so late to this we're like their old ricky molds were like hey we're gonna remake the slammer and the fugitive molds that we already took out of production so anybody else like when you so you said ricky driver and maddie o driver and the first thing i thought of was like a golf driver because i never like think of when you say like oh someone so and so's driver i don't think of like a disc that was really weird <laughs> yeah just a golf oh. guy yeah something <laughs> yeah i don't know so if you had charlotte stowe vermont michigan what was the other place that we talked about oh i put preserve like there like like, like um, dish Texas, Massachusetts. They're going to play Maple oh, Hill. Yeah, Maple Hill for sure. And yep. we could do like Texas or Florida. We'll just map them in. And then you have Emporia. Where would you rank Emporia on your list of when you would go there? Exactly where it was in your what, list. What just time now. of the year? <laughs> what time of the year is it? Uh, we'll say late spring. So like May, May, June. So it's not too hot yet, but it's like comfortable. It's a, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely at the bottom. Yeah. So, you know. I we'll have to see how it plays out and how they develop it. And maybe Jeremy Rusco has like a bajillion dollars for selling his company that we don't really know about, but yeah, um, he made some money, be, but he also invested a lot of it back into just yeah, he this, put it right so. back into the company. So yeah, it's All weird. Right. I will, I'll finish that up and just say like, if you had asked me that question Please in do. like 2018, I would have said Emporia because I, I don't know if it was just me. Like I was a big Disc Golf Answer Man fan. Like I was a big Bobby Robert, like their whole media presence fan. Like I would have been stoked to go to Emporia and like that's, so, that's all just gone. So, so then Taylor, help us out or help me out here. What happened in the last five to six years? That 
I like I'm confused then. For me, like for the most part, those people are just gone, right? Like the people that created that kind of media environment, like Bobby, Robert, yeah. Danny, like they're all gone. I have also just heard a lot of dealings with their players and how they kind of let them go. Like, I mean, even that same group of players that were there at the time, you think about Clemens, Eric Oakley, you know, Jordan Castro, um, AJ Risley, all had some like not great stories to tell leaving DD. Mm -hmm. So like that also kind of pretty heavily affects my perception of the brand. I think there's a lot of people that dislike the whole house of discs move and investment, which I don't really care. Like that's going to happen at some point in disc golf. It's just kind of, they were the first ones to really buy into it. But yeah, I, I think there's, you know, for at least those reasons for me is why public perception or my perception of DD is kind of tanked. Yeah. So what is House of, like, what exactly is House of Discs? Is House of Discs a brand that, like, purchased all of these? Or is it, like, the name of, like, a combination? Like, I know, I know what companies it owns, but was it already, was it, like, Dynamic Discs saying, like, we should, like, expand? Or was it a company just saying, I have all the money, I'm going to buy you, 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 you? The latter. Okay. Well then, yeah, that's kind of sour. It was a cap- it was a like a capital investment mm-hmm. company, and okay. they just started going that's- in and pew pew pew. I don't think those things exist. <laughs> I mean, it's a house made of discs. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> but then again, like it's funny that you say that though, because it makes it that makes me go back to think about uh, does that like grassroots thinking. Like, oh, don't we say don't we say all the time we want like more corporate sponsors in the game, more big players in the game? Doesn't it feel like a big player is coming into the game? Well, yeah, no, I have nothing against House of Discs, which is really hard to say. But um, no, I I just think it would be DD would have a different perception if it was like yeah them doing it. I agree. Instead of someone else coming in and like, we have the monies. Especially like the like dynamic disc too. That kind of felt, in my opinion, it's what I've heard, like a family oriented company. Mm-hmm. Especially out in the middle of Kansas, and then they yeah. kind of sold out. I mean, you even think on the org side, like <clears throat> Rusko left, took the buyout. Bjerkis is at uh, PDGA now. Like it's just it's yeah. a it's a whole different organization. I feel like than a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something else that is very fascinating that Taylor, you actually brought up in our group earlier this past week. And it's that the I Play For Me sponsorship this year. So Chandler Kramer is another one that has come out and said, oh man, I should have had this up and I don't have it up in front of me. Essentially what he said is, I'm playing for me this year. It's best for me. Oh man. Give me one second. I'll pull it up. And it was, it just, it seems like, Hey, um, all these people who screwed up with trying to get a sponsorship or at least get what they want. Um, they're kind of stuck. Oh, here it is. If I can pull it up. Oh man. Uh, I I got it right here. If you want, go ahead. Read what he said, the, his his response. All right. So he said, my manufacturer sponsorship for 2024 is dot, 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 nobody. After careful consideration, 
This year, I'm going open bag by choice and choosing to have no manufacturer sponsor. I want to get back to some of the roots and doing things how I want for a year by throwing what I want. Simply put, I'm doing this for me and my love of the game. For those that want to support me on tour, the best way you can do so is by checking out my sponsors. And then he said all that. He's doing it in the bag soon. So So, um, for the rest of us, it's like, a.k.a. you didn't get a sponsorship of the deal that you wanted. Right, Taylor? Yeah, I think it's I think it's I didn't get enough money. Um, <laughs> that sounded like you were just throwing shade at Taylor. I mean, I just no, say right, this. Taylor. I have to own it because I said it. Um, <laughs> I, Sorry, um, I kind of outed Taylor. Taylor is the one that brought it up on our group, and I was like, "All right, we should probably bring this up and talk about it this week." No, okay. I mean, it sounded like you were. I saying, know. Yeah. I know. Taylor, you didn't get this sponsorship. You did this, Chandler. Hey, I'm still I'm still waiting for my discount code. Don't mind me. Um, I think that. Nobody, we've been knowing that COVID money's drying up and hasn't really been there. You know, nobody's, and maybe except for Eagle, getting like huge sponsorships anymore. Um, and for your fringe players, I mean, no shade to Chandler Kramer. He just hasn't, I mean, he right. had a couple good finishes last year. He hasn't really proven on a full tour that he's going to be a guy that garners a lot of attention. Um, and I think for people like that, where before a couple of years ago, you could still get a decent contract. Right now, those contracts aren't really there. And I think it's also a juxtaposition of more people just like betting on themselves of being like, I, I'm curious to know if like Lone Star offered him a lesser contract and he was like, I'll play better without Lone Star Discs. But that's probably a different conversation um, because yeah. it's interesting to me that the big two are like Chandler Kramer and Lisa Fakus, who are both previously Lone Star players who are just deciding not to have a sponsor. But um, I think that it's becoming harder and harder for like your fringe players to get deals um which kind of sucks but also i am kind of excited just to see what a professional player bags if they're not having you know any influence at all what to bag yeah probably a lot of destroyers yeah, <laughs> yeah which i i'll never understand understand that but i'm just looking at chandler's standings from last year and i see a lot of 20th places and 30th places so, and from what I heard, money wise and points wise, you really don't start getting your money and your points until you're in the top 20. So, it sounds yeah. like he was right around like middle of the road. I mean, he has like, you know, tied for 12th. I see a fourth, but that was a silver series. So, I mean, he had a really, I mean, I wonder, I got a, a, th- a thought just a second ago. I wonder what he was getting from Lone Star because he had a really good, I mean, he had that uh, European championship cup run, Mm -hmm. which put him in the spotlight and like everybody was talking about him. I wonder if he took a load of money from them or not. And then when they dumped him, it felt really bad. And I wonder if he was thinking, man, I should have signed with somebody more um, safe for more money and more years. I wonder if he had that on the table or not, but I was, so I was messaging him like when he first announced that he was leaving. Cause you guys are cousins, um, right? Yeah. He's my mm, cousin. I forgot about that. Uh, nope. Same last name, different hair. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he said it, it sounded like he left because they weren't giving him any money. Hmm. And then when I asked where he was looking, he said he had a couple offers, which he could be lying. Yeah. He could just say that because, you know, it's it's a conversation. 
yeah. and like, oh, don't just wait and see kind right, of thing. Right. And meanwhile, nobody. But I don't know. I feel like maybe he did weigh out the fact that if he has a bunch of smaller sponsors, he doesn't have to bag anything specific. Yeah. And he can still get enough money to tour. So I don't know. I personally it hope- would be it would be really funny if he was like my in the bag and there was just nothing in it. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is your opportunity to really pitch that Marvel to him right now though. <laughs> it's true. The 2022 yeah. putter of the year, the birdie Marvel. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm at my, yeah. You don't have yeah. one. I No, it's under. So I, I don't have anything propping. My, I uh, knew it. Computer yeah. Up, so it's, it's under, <laughs> there's, there's like, well, there's a reason this is right, empty. Right. <laughs> Multi-purpose. It's, it's my, not only the 2022 product right of the year, it's the 2024 the computer stand of the year. Computer stand of the year. The disc are taking a nice soak from a long, hard day in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I hope Chandler Kramer actually just balls out this year. Like, wouldn't yeah. that be awesome if he was just like, ten, like top 10 like every week and you're like, oh, yeah. how in the world? A uh, little fun thing that I just did is I looked him up on the Disc Golf Pro Tour to take a look at his standings. And I don't know if this is recently edited or not, but if you go to their profile, they have driver, mid-range, and putter listed in there as like their main ones. He's got his driver as the boss, mid-range as the buzz, and his putter as the slammer. That kind of seems like a little bit of a troll, but uh, that would be really fascinating if uh, that's actually his... Uh, Discs of choice. I think the one thing so also six, there's, certain, uh, there's certain times that I feel like I could uh, putt really good with like a zone or something. Yeah, I I think also the funniest part about Ch- Chandler is that when I first watched him, like he does a practice backhand throw, like as a warm up in his routine, and then he goes right to his like stance for the forehand, and I was like, wait, what the? Does he or are you watching him do like a left handed? Like I've seen him do that, where it's it's actually his forehand, but he's going like this. That's a his like. That's a good question. If that's the case, then he's been fooling me with the optical illusion the entire time. I think I think that's what it is because it does. He does kind of like flick with his backhand, but it's his lefty backhand so that he can kind of like get the motion. Interesting. I just think it would be so sick to market Chandler Kramer to be like all of the local AMs that only throw sidearm. Like, look at this guy by his disc. (laughs) So he's he's got that market cornered, Vince, the anti-James Conrad. And like what's crazy is that Jake Wolf is getting a lot of attention. And I feel like Jake Wolf is stealing the attention away from Chandler Kramer because of what mm-hmm. he does with the overhand. And I think Kramer... Well, that's also, that's even weirder. You I know, but like... Dollar? Yes. Matt Dollar's game is so sick. So interesting Why? to watch. He throws like... So Jake Wolf throws like all like overhand Tomahawk weird stuff, but he just does like pure power stuff. Matt Dollar like does the same thing, except he doesn't have that power and he just throws like super weird finesse thumber lines that I wish he was on more coverage because his game is sick. I feel like he went away and then came back, but when he came back, he didn't make traction. Because mm. I think he played some like DDOs and Midwest ones, like uh, Matt Corder. <laughs> that's a that was not a good one, man. That did not land. 
I liked it. I laughed. Said, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best part of all is I hope somebody watches that and they're like, I don't even get what just happened. And they dismiss the whole joke. Yeah. <laughs> but well, um, uh, I don't know. I had a question here, but we're kind of already talking about it. About it. You know, I just said like Matt what dollar. Matt the dollar. Yeah. I, I mean, is this going to be my thought is are guys re- who two years ago, are they regretting signing short term contracts? I don't know if they're regretting signing short term contracts as much as they're thinking that they're going to continue to get COVID money and they're not. And they're like, well, I know my worth. And then they don't know their worth. Like, <laughs> we're so different now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So I was just looking at Chandler Kramer's post and someone asked in his comments, why not Infinite or OTB? And he said, Infinite is included as a manufacturer sponsor. OTB is a retail sponsor, and I already have a different retail sponsor. I want to be 100% open bag this year rather than partial open bag. I don't know how many Infinite discs uh, you're required to bag as an Infinite Pro. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. (laughs) One. Bro, just throw it in there. You don't even have to throw it. Like, so... And then to be like, oh, I'm going to be 100% open bag. But yeah, actually, I do have a retail sponsor, even though I just said I wouldn't want OTB as a retail sponsor. It's like, bro just kept expecting an offer to come on the table that didn't come on the table, brother. And that's yeah. that's what happened. But that's like, and you look, and I'm reading through a lot of his replies right now. He's just saying some weird stuff in, in when people ask him like logic questions. <laughs> it would be really funny if he actually did like try and get like, almost every manufacturer but they like walk in the room and they see his hair and they're like sorry we're a little we're a little conservative with uh hair <laughs> and then like that's, that's it. it i they're feel like, like yeah it's so weird to me because i feel like if you have an offer and i'd like worst case they just give you like some random tour series disc like that has to be better than nothing right like you're you got to be getting what like five six bucks a disc off a, a tour series disc like if you're gonna bet on yourself you gotta bet that you can also sell some plastic, I feel like, because that's like how you make money in disc golf anyway. Yeah. Well, he yeah. said he's trying to do his own custom runs somewhere along here, but mm. uh, not the same. Yeah, no. it's not quite, not quite the same there. I don't know. It's just, um, it's just weird how a lot of people either got last minute deals, or I don't know. There are a lot of short deals going on. I wonder if. Uh, the disc golf companies are really feeling out the market. So they're only looking to go short term for a while too. So it'll be interesting to see and navigate how disc golf kind of works in the next five years. Like, are we really plateauing right now or are we on the brink of booming? Um, Well, what do you mean by plateau? Like money wise? I would say like growth, like are we plateauing growth and money, you could say as well. No, I, th- I think short-term deals are like, I think the reason manufacturers are doing that is because there's so much new talent and they don't want to lock in someone that's like possibly not going to do well on tour and then end up like just kind of like disappearing or like no one actually like remembers them when there's like 16, 17, 18 year olds that are placing. So 
Yeah. What's your question, Taylor? I'm going to save it for another episode. It got so quiet. Save it for another episode. Wow. That's a good topic for another episode. What do you mean? You can't throw it out. Blue ballers. I have no impulse control. I do whatever I want. Nice. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I could also say, so Lisa Fakus was the other name. Um, If you've been checking, it doesn't have a sponsor. If you've been checking the dollar disc golf auction, she has been selling Innova stuff like nobody's business and it'll be like a firebird an innova team stamp firebird the first 100 bucks yeah 60 bucks Bro, is the people first go bid. wild for some the team stamps it is insane yeah. to me she just put an avr3 on there instant 30 dollars within three minutes of her putting it up there like and she's just been doing that like crazy she's just been she selling wrong. maybe i don't know <laughs> but she's just been, she's just been selling off like insane amounts of stuff in a, such a short period of time. Let's I see. just, this is what I feel bad about. Okay. And I'm not comparing the talent when I say this, but you've got Aaron Gossage and Chandler Kramer. And I feel like Aaron Gossage, they know how to market him because of his last name. And he's been playing really, really well. Right. Um, almost won a world title. Chandler Kramer almost won European title ish. Maybe not as close as Aaron Gossage. And I feel like the personality of Chandler Kramer is very marketable for a company. And I just, I wonder if there's some missed opportunity there for Chandler to represent himself and tell companies that, or people like really just don't care. Like, I feel like Chandler Kramer is so much more marketable than another person who's ranked in the 30 or 40th spot in the world, because we all know Chandler because of his forehand and because of his hair and because of his style. So I are want... you considering that his personality? What his like, his hair, his and look, his style? Yeah, because um, like personally, I haven't seen enough to like see a personality. If mm. that makes any sense, yeah. Like the difference between him and Goose is like one. I love Goose, but two. <laughs> um, oh really? He's like he's in. I see him in so many YouTube videos, and he's just like passionate about weird things like like layout D and D course and yeah like just like weird things like that and i think that's what people like about him is because he's talking like he's a kid in a candy store Mm -hmm. and i I don't really know anything from chandler kramer besides for like an in the bag so like an example right evan smith is is 39th from last year's standing standings, Chandler Kramer is 35th. But yet, if I tell, if I asked you and I gave you like a couple pictures of the guys and I said, which one's Chandler and which one's Evan Smith, I feel like more people are more likely to know Chandler Kramer than they are Evan Smith. Well, yeah. But is that just Matt's, time? To Matt's point, is that just the fault of the manufacturer, like his sponsors as well? Like, yeah. I don't know. Hey, Prodigy's yeah, been know. putting out the Ezra stuff. I love it. It's yeah. a callback to previous episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you could also say like Gavin Babcock is 36th, but it's because he's got more social media stuff going on and he's in the yeah. right friend group. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I hope, I hope Chandler plays well this year. I hope he figures it out and I hope somebody sees some value in him and he gets, he gets his, his, um, his worth. Or gets his, I don't know what you would say, gets gets his bread or whatever you can say. Get the bag. So, all right. I hope 
we haven't gotten too sleepy yet because we need to talk about this. I was saving it for the middle of the episode. We're kind of like middle of the end of the episode. But today we had a discussion. I'm so ready. And for I this. said, gosh, gosh, dang it, Matt, shut your mouth and save it for the episode. So Matt came on and and so we just, anyways, let me give some backstory for the people. Luna and Kratos, same flight numbers. Some people are saying it's the same flight. Some people, majority of the people are saying different flight, a little bit more overstable. Now, we know the Luna does not fly like a flight numbers of the 3303. And we do know that the Kratos flies more like the 3303. At least in, I would say, my opinion, and I think with what we've seen on the internet, I think most people would agree. So Matt thinks that Discraft has to change the flight numbers of the original Luna. So Matt was making some comments saying that the, I think this is correct, Matt, that the value of the old Lunas might be going through the roof in the future if the Luna's flight numbers gets changed. So Matt, do you think Discraft is going to change the flight numbers and go ahead and I'll let you and Corey have the floor because Corey disagrees so, Matt, go ahead and say what you want to say about the flight numbers with the Luna and the Kratos. Corey, your turn in a minute. Okay, can I ask a question We're back from on debate night. Let's go. Here, some, some, someone who's been here in the disc golf scene for a while. Did the Lunas previously have a different flight number that was changed? Prototypes. No. The prototype was. What did, what did the prototype have on it? 3402. Okay. So Which that they, is actually that is actually more accurate. I don't know why they changed it to a three three zero three. Okay, so here's my reasoning. Do I think there are so many lunas out there? Do I think the price will go up for 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 pre-flight change numbers lunas? Probably not a ton, but I do think people will try to use it as a marketing tactic to make the price go up. Like if you look at Dollar Disc Golf auction right now, you will find a dude who will put a paragraph about selling uh, a 10 year old uh, star destroyer that's about to fall apart. And he's like, the star destroyer is the top distance driver for all pros. And when they're on, you know, I guarantee this will exist from here. Now, given, given this, I think it is absolutely the, like the responsibility of Discraft that they have to change the flight numbers of one or the other. And the Kratos has to fly more stable than the Luna because the Kratos has a bead. And if the Kratos has a bead, that means it has more drag. And if it has more drag, it means it slows down, slows down quicker. If it slows down quicker, it's going to end up fading left quicker. Like, there's there's logic here that runs through it. Now, I don't know. Discraft just posted this. And Infinite doesn't have it on. So Infinite, most of the time, um, and let me make sure that's true. But Infinite, most of the time. time I will say uh, real quick, I just looked. The cheapest I can find a Proto Luna with those flight numbers on eBay is $50. So you did see the flight numbers at three four zero two, right? I did. I thought that was yeah. cap, but it's not cap. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying here is already on Discraft's website, and this could be from the previous one. Already, it says, uh, "What does it say here?" It says, "You well, may have noticed the flight numbers on the Luna have been updated. This is to better reflect the true flight of the Luna. The disc mold has not changed." Now, the flight numbers are still the same because they're all graphics that go in after the fact. And I don't think this is from the proto run uh, because if I go far enough back on um, my Wayback Machine, it doesn't show it. 
So I'm assuming they've changed that to write it in there. And they are going to change the flight, flight numbers now, considering the Kratos is the exact same flight number. So I don't think it'll be that like crazy expensive, but I do think they would be idiots to not change the flight numbers. So do you think, so Matt, let's just get this clear. Do you think Discraft is going to change the flight numbers of the Luna? I think they should. Yeah. Yeah. And by this comment on their, on their, uh, on their fate, on their goodness, I can't talk on their website. I would say they're planning on it unless that's from the test flight runs. And if the test flight runs indicated, they should write it as more stable. That's crazy. Okay. Corey and change it to three, two Oh four. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Yep. They're not changing anything. Why not? Why would they? It's everyone that I've talked to that has thrown it says it flies pretty much identical. It might fly slightly more overstable, but not enough to like consider it a different disc. And the thing about a bead is this is a Luna with a bead. This isn't a Luna and a bead. So it's the same dimension. But instead of it rounding at the end, it just goes boop, boop. So it's not, it, it wouldn't change the flight. Yes, it would. There's more. Wow. It is the way that the air moves around the disc has changed. And with a bead, historically, you can see this in the Rock and the Rock 3, very similar molds. The Rock 3 is more overstable. The Rock 3 has a bead because the way that the... Do you have both of those right now? I don't have them both right now. I've thrown both the Rock and the Rock 3. They both went in my bag. Is the bead on top of the Rock or like underneath the Rock? Yeah. Where else would a bead be? Like, is it Rock plus bead? Or is the bead where the rock would be? Okay. What I'm saying is the Luna, the Kratos. It's not the Luna, the Kratos. That's what I'm trying to say is the bead doesn't make it deep. Like, all right, let me hit you with a second example. And of his main, the rock X three. It's what you're saying. It's a straight, it's a straight chunk across. So the rock X three versus the rock three straight chunk across the rock X three is more stable than the rock. Okay, how big is the bead? It's not a bead. It's just a continuation, as you're saying. So it's just a deeper rock? Yeah. Is it more overstable? Yep. There's more body to it. What are you... There's more body to the Luna, then. What are you talking about, body? What are you... No, there's no body. There's no extra body to the Kratos. If you take... Hold on. Bro is bro is smoking. Hold on. Real quick, while Corey comes back, while Corey hold on. What's fascinating though is that there's the Challenger and the Challenger SS. And I'm just yep. wondering, are they the same dimensions, but the Challenger SS has no bead? I don't know that. I have a strong feeling that it is slightly right. deeper. I'm going to the board with the Try Disc. Okay. Trydisc.com. Keep going, Corey. All right, so what I'm saying is, if this was a Luna, yes, the Kratos is the same, but with a little bead at the bottom. Yes. And most, most of that is just for feel. Now, it would be different if it was Luna plus a bead at the bottom. 
Does that make any sense to you? N- no, bro. You are. I'm. I, I, you're making me. Basically, what I'm saying is they took the Luna and they shaved it up and then added the bead to be the same dimension. Yep. Okay. So it doesn't fly. So that you're much. not. It's okay. the same height. It's the same height. Yeah, they didn't. They I didn't thought you add saying, a bead at the bottom. Okay. They, the specification that they shaved up and then added something else back on makes more logical sense than it's a continuation of the disc. It still makes it more stable, though. The bead makes it more stable. Not, I mean, it depends on the size of the bead, too. My beads are pretty big. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I've thrown a link, and I've thrown a PD, and I've thrown a, um, a P2, and in my mm-hmm. opinion, it's like the link is a P2 with a bead, and the link is definitely more stable than a P2. That's only that's my only input into this fight. I don't even care about flight numbers, but Matt thinks that Discraft has done a disservice to the public, and now they need to change their flight number okay. numbers for the Luna. But I'm I'm giving you a metric that they it looks like they are. Their website says that the flight numbers have been updated to reflect the true flight of the Luna. Now, if that's from way back, maybe that's understandable. But that's all the way back from prototype days. Back in whenever the Luna was released, so I would assume on Discraft's description, before Matt was born, if that's the case, if that's the case, then they're probably gonna kick it around and make it a little more accurate. The one thing I'll say, the Challenger and Challenger OS. Oh wait, I need to look up the Challenger SS. Is what I need to look up because that is the one where they would take the beat off of. So the Challenger SS, the height of that is two centimeters. The height of the Challenger is 2.2, which makes sense because that's an added bead to it. So it sounds like they just took the bead off and then it becomes a Challenger SS, which means mm-hmm. less stable because the Challenger... And then on, an, on a Challenger OS, there's more bead, which makes it more overstable. I actually think the Challenger and the Challenger OS are the same height. I just looked that up. And yeah, I... but more bead. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's if you look at a Challenger, it's not actually a bead. It's like an extra. Like it. It's not the shape of. A I I I felt one recently. I know what you're saying. I know. Yeah, but then then the OS has like the full circular bead on the bottom, which is so fascinating because it's actually the same height as the SS. The OS and the SS are the same height. The rim, the rim depth is a little less on the SS, which makes sense. And the uh, the rim configuration, which is like the bluntness, is a lot more on the OS. Actually, it's exact same. Never mind, I lie. So it's just interesting because people are calling the Luna the Luna OS. So you mean the Kratos, the Kratos, the Luna OS? I mean, I'm sorry. They're calling the Kratos the Luna OS. Well, who is? AB. People. I think AB called. I think AB called it that in one of his videos. I can see. I can see him saying that, just because of how hard he throws. If you watch him throw it, does like it's more stable. Yeah. Didn't Drew also say this though in his video? I have no idea. Oh, he, he did. Him. He did. He compared the, the pace and the and the 
uh, Kratos, and he said, yeah, they're probably pretty similar uh, in stabilities. He's, I think he said the Kratos is maybe a tiny bit straighter than the pace. Listen, I can I can level with with, with you on this, is that I think the B definitely makes it more stable, in my opinion. But should they change flight numbers and go through all that mess? No. Just leave it the way it is. And also, like, when... So everyone saw that um, file name. It said Luna, or it says Beaded Luna. Beaded Luna. It didn't say Luna OS. It didn't say, like, modified Luna. It was just adding the bead. Some people like the feel of a bead. Oh, they've already said, didn't, like, the first run of Lunas that they brought to the expo or whatever, the core of the mold Luna Luna. was still, was embossed Luna, yeah, because it's it's the same mold. It's just Ah. a bead on it. They don't have Kratos and Tridis yet, but Kratos. I need I'm to... curious if Paul wanted a beaded Luna, because I feel like Paul's never putted with a beaded. No, player. Paul wanted more money. <laughs> we all Relatable. know that. And guess what? Relatable guess what? Now he's got the entire market. <laughs> real, real. We'll have Facts. to see when we uh when we throw them both. We'll see in yeah. Um just for I just pulled up the Luna and the Kratos specs. The height of the Luna is a two. The height of the Kratos is a two. And the height and the um, rim depth of the Kratos is a one point four. And the rim depth on the Luna is one point four. So the dimensions haven't changed. It's just they just put a bead on it. And they kept the same dimensions. Which is what I was trying to tell you, Matthew. Bro is, bro is. There's a difference. There's a difference between adding a bead, and like and adding it, a bead, just having a bead. And yeah, actually, what's what's really fascinating is that it actually the rim configuration is a lot more blunt on the Luna than it is the Kratos. So the Kratos should theoretically slice through the air faster than the Luna. It's almost identical in the specs. I'm just kind of going back and forth, but. Um, Inconclu- so what you're saying, I wonder if they made made it a little more aerodynamic. Wait, wait a second. Speed. Rock and Breaking Rock 3 news. are the exact same, bro. Rock and Rock 3 are the exact same. The height and the rim depth are both the exact same for the Rock and the Rock 3. Doesn't that support Corey's theory, though? No, because we know the Don't Rock 3 is more stable than the Rock. Oh, that's what you're but saying. Also, but also, yeah, compare the... Look at the rim configuration. That matters. Why is everyone yelling? <laughs> what you just said the passionate. rim configuration. You just said the rim compare, configuration. The rock matter. three is just a flat rock, though. Compare the thickness of the bead of the rock three and the Kratos. The Kratos has a smaller bead, I think. The rock three's bead is like fat. But I'm, well, I'm you telling you, I'm looking it's at fat. The, it's just larger the, than. <laughs> other I'm looking bits. at the height and rim depth, and We're not it's, fat it's not. Here, it's both. the rim okay. configuration. When I put it in my hand, I'm like, ooh. That is. <laughs> <laughs> rim configuration is the same. What am I? What is up with this? Actually, wait. Inside rim diameter. What is going on here? But back to what I was saying. I wonder if they took the Luna and made it a little more aerodynamic to make it understable, and then added the bead to put it right back to where it was. So it mm. is three three zero three. Like they were like, oh, we want to add a bead so we can sell to the other side of the market. But we want it to fly identical to the Luna, so yeah. we have to like slightly alter it to. Yeah, I wonder. That's probably what they did. Yeah. Do Sorry, you guys man, like? Do you guys actually? Like, both, do people that put with beaded putters like hate beadless putters and vice versa? I feel like I don't care. 
Like yeah, I think it's like Android. No, I I um I've tried to putt with um a beaded putter and it sucks. Yeah, and and, and I've tried to and I've tried that. to throw and it's it's that's the Android Apple thing. Yeah. It just you either love or hate one gets, or the other. It gets stuck on my finger. I've tr- I go back and forth for fun, but I prefer no bead. I change see I change how I grip a putter if it's beaded or beadless though. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Taylor. Like do you put your finger beaded. like more like on the on the yeah, rim so like... if it's beaded. Oh, here we go. Now Taylor's grabbing discs. Now we're going. Do you guys now we can talk about my swirly new like, putters hooked around? See if it's beadless, I'll I keep my finger up top. And if it's beaded, I'll like curl that into like this first little knuckle right here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is this is what we do right here. That's so oh, no, cool. I got I got my finger you go like this? beadless butter. No, I, I was looking at oh. I was looking at his little finger finger flick thing. Yeah. Yeah, right there. On that little flat spot. That's how you do it. Not like this. That's how I put a beaded butter. That's what Gannon does. Yeah, that's an, aggressive, that's an aggressive grab, though. That's what yeah. they know me for. You know, per- never mind, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, Taylor, who who won? Who won that argument? I don't know. Actually. I, I'm, say- I'm, I'm going to say, just I'll wait and I'll buy a Kratos. I'll say, I'll say I'll for both sides, new- I feel like the Luna's flight numbers are cap. For sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt on that one, one 100%. Um, I honestly, I'm curious to see. Depends. I'm curious to see, like, I was looking at this Myth versus the Alpaca, and it's like the profile is very similar. This just has a bead. And I do feel like historically the Myth flies more overstable than an Alpaca. So, maybe so why do you guys think the Luna flight numbers are wrong? Because I, it flies so, so straight for so, so long. It does not have a very strong finish at the end of its flight. Like I can throw a Luna and go really, really straight, and it goes straight down, and there's, and there's like no fade. So when you when you throw a Luna, do you think to yourself, "Oh, this is a zone that's a little slower"? The first time I picked up a Luna, I automatically had a preconceived notion: when I throw this, it's going to be a, a slow fading putter shot. And when I threw it on a little bit of hyzer, it barely faded. And I was like, what? And then I started throwing it more flat. And then it started going straight to almost a little understable. And I was like, I'm so confused here. Like, what is going on? Did you putt with them? Yeah, I put it with Lunas for a long time. Last year I did. So from 60 feet away, where did you throw it? In the basket uh, every time. Did you throw it directly at the basket or did you throw it out to the right? When you pop it, you have to throw it a little more out to the right because what it does is it floats on you very long, but it fades at the end very hard when you putt with it. Oh, but very hard? It, like a three, maybe? <laughs> like right. a three, right. yes. If I have, if but, I have but, 200... But, by the way, flight numbers are when you throw that thing. numbers are alive. And when you throw that thing... It's a it putter. Is, I'm just it saying, is a putter, you can't you say the zone it, is 4303 and a Luna is 3303. Yeah, so one of those is wrong. You can. I knew the I mean, Luna you was can, capped but... when I could barely throw 225 feet, and I threw a Luna, and it flipped up and rode flat for me out of Heiser. And I was like, huh? 
Scott is absolutely That's right. The Discraft one. Discraft. Yeah, you got me there. All I'm gonna say is that if the flight numbers on a Luna were three four zero two when I first bought them, I would be putting a lot better with them earlier than me thinking in my brain I need to throw this a little bit more out because it's gonna crash really hard. When if I put zip on it, it just floats into the basket. So I struggled for a long time when I first got Lunas because of the flight so, numbers. So the Luna was a modified roach. The roach is 2401. And I wish I knew that when I first got Lunas, but I did so not when, know that. Well, you should have paid attention. So, um, <laughs> true. 2401. This is true. Vi- 2401, I would say the roach is very, very to the flight numbers. It is glidy. I tried putting with them. I would just shoot them right over the basket. I agree. I wasn't doing that with the Luna. So I think when they did 2402, they did the whole thing where they were like, all right, let's give them to a handful of people, see what they say. And then they compared them. And if you're comparing it to the Roach that already existed, it didn't have the glide that the Roach does, but it had a lot of fade at the end, especially for circle two putting, which is what like Paul Macbeth is known for. Is like just throwing it out to the right and just watching it crash into the basket. So what you're telling me is we're bad all the way from the roach. (laughs) No, I think, I think they adjusted accordingly to what they looked at, and it depends on it depends. Okay, what is another three three zero three disc? A breaker. I was gonna say a breaker, which is very stable. Okay. Okay. Now, I threw a breaker once and I didn't think it was the... that overstable and I hit a building. So are you guys comparing the Luna to the breaker or the breaker to the Luna? The breaker because... the breaker has a slight bead on it for what I know, right? No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. no, no. Yeah. His, historically, like in your mind, are you saying the Luna was first or the breaker was first in your head? Because I threw the Luna... And I said, okay, now that is the benchmark 3303. Everything else is compared to that. It sounds like you guys are comparing the Luna to other things. All I got, so it's all, I got a little perspective. I got a Luna. I threw it. I expected it to have a stable finish. It went straight. And I said, 3303, but it went straight when I threw it. And I know I don't have arm speed. What is 303 did say, don't trust a hoe. Don't trust the Luna's flight numbers. I'll just I'll just say this <laughs> as as my closing statement for this argument is I threw and putted with PA ones, which is a three three zero two flight numbers, and when I throw that, it is more stable than a Luna. And I threw PA the PA one, and I threw the PA one first. Then I started throwing and putting with with Lunas, and I was like, why am I missing this right all the time? compared to my PA1. And then someone told me, after like six months, it's a roach. Putt with a roach. And I'm like, no, it's a Luna. And they're like, no, tell your brain it's a roach. And as soon as I did that, I was cashing putts because I was thinking it's it's straight, it's straight, it's straight. It's just when you get to circle two, that's when it becomes more of that three fade. I would agree it does fade harder. Definitely from circle two. I would say this. They're not going to change the flight number, so Matt, you lose that argument, but... Are they two different like flights, and is one more stable than the other? And are the flight numbers wrong on a Luna? In my opinion, yes. The original ones that they used, I agree. Those are the flight numbers. 
but they'll never change and they shouldn't change. Just keep it the way it is because it keeps everyone having this discussion and it makes the game more fun anyways. Understandable. There it is. Works for me. More important things. The All-Star Weekend is coming up. <laughs> uh, we can all agree that the All-Star Weekend is... It's so is much not- fun. It's so good. <laughs> Is not something that everyone. It's like we. Um, I'm trying to give a good example of it. It's like you have to hype yourself up to like the event because it's the first thing of disc golf we get to watch since October. So they do all the these interesting things. They do like a team event where there's like skill competitions and everything like that. So my big question is, if we had to redo the entire All Star Weekend, what do we want to see at the All Star Weekend? Bring in I want to see a little bit of the putting games. I want to see a little bit of, um, I don't know how this would work, but some kind of flag football. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd like to uh, see, no, no, no. Don't say flag. Don't say flag football. Yes, I'd like to see, contact, I want maybe. our best pros to destroy themselves before the start of the Tackle season. ultimate. <laughs> That's exactly what the PDGA wants to do to their product is destroy yeah. half the <laughs> no. field of the best player. No, I, 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 think, I think we need, we need some weird things. Mm. Like when they did the putting games in the water park and they were going down slides and trying to make putts, that's the kind of stuff I want to see because it doesn't need to be disc golf. It just needs to be like entertaining. Yes. Shuffleboard. But with discs, so you're just like that. launching them. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, the thing, only things I get excited about is, like, distance competition can be fun. Um, I wish they would have something like, I just watched a little bit of the Pro Bowl this weekend, and they had, like, the quarterbacks trying to throw and, like, hit targets, like, really quickly. I wish they yeah. would have something like that for disc golf where they had to like throw through some hoops or try to hit like moving targets or stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you I, know what? They should do like a top you know golf field. Seemed, but yeah, something like You that. know what seemed a little more all star than the actual all star? What's up? Was that video that Ezra Aderhold made where yeah. they were just chucking at the clowns? That was so cool. And that's yeah. what you need. Yeah. I also really want to see. A like long distance skip challenge. Hmm. Oh, I like that. Where you have to just like you like they have a border to where you can't hit. Like you have to go underneath something, but then as far as you can, and yeah, you could do like a yeah, top golf. I like that style. I think it'd be cool be too so if they cool. did like take sixty feet and like stack nine baskets in like a grid, do like tic tac toe, <laughs> but with like sixty footers. That would be cool. Yeah. Um. I I Scott wish I want it to be. They need a dunk contest. <laughs> A dunk contest. <laughs> I want it. They always try to make it like more team based, and it's always like so confusing. Like I, I want the team based yeah. structure to make more sense, and like the accuracy challenge they did last year, where it was like throwing through two strings on trees and stuff. Like that was terrible. I don't. I hated that so much. You know what would help with a team based kind of thing? Matching T-shirts. And if they played football instead. Like blue barracudas and <laughs> purple parakeets. Orange iguanas, and... <laughs> baby. Yeah. Orange iguanas. They got some horse some horse putting would be sick too, Scott just said. The trick shot slash horse challenge. Yeah. Uh, I mean Simon just I think clears we need to everybody, create but... an all star we need to create an all star event. 
That'd be 40, awesome. Let's do up an all-star dash. event for like the crew. one where the years start coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's yeah, uh, that's a song from the nineties. I've heard this song. I've heard this song. Okay. What's cool. the band name? Right. What's the band watched, name? He watched Shrek, you guys. Uh, it's okay. It's what? Uh no, not I haven't watched Shrek. Wasn't allowed as a kid. <laughs> What's the band name? <laughs> that, that's real though guys what do you want from me they played it in all- that's kind of nuts it's, it's not, my mom heard it had one bad uh word in it and that was it it was gg on, on shrek but, the, the uh, best the best part of shrek is that they go up to like the little dolls and it introduces yeah do, do lot and it goes wipe your face wipe your and they bend over and moon you and then they are no they say something about watch your shoes on the grass. Brush your brush your teeth. Wipe your and it shows their butts and they go face, like they're gonna say you know a different word. But yeah, have oh, you watched man. Shrek since then? No. <gasps> yeah, you're missing out, man. Reason to. <laughs> it doesn't. Dude, come you need to watch reason Shrek. Do you think the Luna and the Kratos are that much different? I'm pre-ordering one ASAP, Corey, Dude, from growing, I thought you said he's pre-ordering Shrek. I was like, bro, it's been out. <laughs> growing, <laughs> growing up, we used to always wake up and say, and in the morning, I'll make a waffle. I'll make a waffle. And Matt's like, wait, what? Not oh, me. Oh, man. I'm built Sorry, Matt. <laughs> and you know what different. they need to do? They need to, they need to legit go to Simon and say, Simon, how do we do this All-Star Weekend? And let him just figure yeah, just it let out. Him cook. Everything like- just everything's a slow-mo tournament well dude the, the man's been the man's been preparing for this tournament like he's trying to like throw high uh, you know heiser and heiser straight in the baskets he's trying to hit like small gaps as wide as your your arm span um and all his videos and everything like he's ready to go they should do a disc height challenge like how at the x games and stuff they yeah. do like the yeah. Like the very end of the mega ramp is mm-hmm. like however high you can get yeah. off of the quarter pipe. They should do one where you're just throwing as tall as you can. And then they'll just have markers like up there. And then we send Simon Lazad down the quarter pipe and let him rock. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, were you going to Matt... did they ever decide I... a name? For what? For the the MVP. Oh no, they haven't. I don't think so. MV Peeps is probably the thing that's sticking because that's what uh, Eagle says all the time. Matt, were you going to say something? I don't remember if you finished your statement. Here we got off oh, on yeah, Shrek. It doesn't matter. He's never watched Shrek. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, I, it doesn't it, matter. I, Taylor, yeah, silence him. I Taylor, think there's a lot of funny no, stuff no. they could do. And mute Matt. You should it. mute Matt. Taylor, you should mute Matt. He's never watched Shrek. <laughs> You should mute Matt. You should mute him right now. Mute Matt. Do it. Um, No, I just don't think there's that much. I don't know. They could be doing so many more cool things. They're not doing anything, bro. You watch it and you're like, what is that? Did someone TP those trees? Why are they throwing through them? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all we have. I think the the title of this episode is going to be Matt has never seen Shrek. <laughs> it's it's going to be too, just awful for click through rate. <laughs> uh, people are going to try to figure out what, like when what's, what does that have about? to do with disc golf? 
Uh, that's crazy, man. We'll have to discuss some other things you haven't seen because I know for a fact you haven't seen Harry Potter then. Uh, no. Yep, I knew it. But you have seen Lord of the Rings. E- yes, I think I have. I, okay. I, read all the, I read all the books. I was a big book reader, so I read mm. all the, Harry, the Lord of the Rings books. You had to have. I can guarantee it. Uh, well, Wait, is Corey I, tell you what, I think <laughs> I think we... What? I, what? <laughs> no, don't worry about nothing, it. Nothing, nothing. Continue, Tyler. Uh, I feel like we have to end on that note. I mean, I'm just... My mind is like fried. And we're just going to stream Shrek from this channel. <laughs> I live in a very conservative household as well, but I... I never was restricted from watching Shrek, so that that took me for a loop real fast. I just so, never cared about it, man. I'm fried. My brain is fried after that. So, um, let us know in the comments what movies were did your parents not let you watch as a kid, <laughs> and then also probably put that in the chat so Matt can start stocking up and uh, and going through those movies because he probably didn't watch those as well. So, yeah. um. Thank you so much for watching, guys. If you're hanging out with us live, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, yeah, like the video, tell a friend, like and subscribe. And uh, we got some, we got a big episode next week coming up because it is right before the disc golf season kicks off. We'll probably have some predictions coming up for the season, so we're super stoked about that. So I'm uh, just going to shout out Foundation. You can go to foundationdisc.com uh, where you can get all your disc golf needs. And, um, yeah, guys, we'll see you next week for the next one. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye.